This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Modern Geek Podcast number 41, recorded April 29th, 2012. I'm Chuck. And I'm Juan. And I didn't screw up the intro. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting better at that. You know, at around the meetup, it kind of got like, well, welcome to, wait, what is what this? What are we doing? Uh, <laughs> what? Who? Where? How many, how many podcasts are we doing now? <laughs> we record a couple of podcasts. Here. Just a few. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome back. This is, of course, Modern Geek, and uh, we've got some fun stuff to talk about. Indeed. You want to start this one off? <laughs> uh, go ahead. I, I I think that first one is uh, is is something that. Well, uh, I'll just announce it regardless. So uh, the yeah. first one that we had on the list here was, and I saw this too, even though you threw it on the list, uh, was this article pointing out that the Kindle Fire actually owns over owns half of the U.S. Android tablet market. <laughs> yeah, what I came across is I'm like, wait now. I I I, I kind of got some some details from um, from some people that had this, and it's it's an it's a back leveled version of Android, right? Like they 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 don't keep this thing necessarily up to date with the latest and greatest like ice cream sandwich or anything. It's it's this very specialized version of Android, but you know I guess it's because they've made this unified interface for it, and it's got the Amazon name behind it and it's got the kindle name behind it that it's it's really taking off and i'll tell you what i think it is i could be completely screwed here because i'm this is just my own dumb opinion okay okay (laughs) (laughs) but but i think that the the and then this is a, a an awesome you know arrow pointing to what the issue with android is which is that android isn't anything it's it's a it's 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 the Linux of of the uh, of the mobile world, like you can quite literally, <laughs> you can do really powerful things with it if you want to, if you're willing to like take it and turn it into something. You can turn it into all this really cool stuff, and and the Fire is a great example of that because most people, let's face it, who buy a Fire aren't buying a tablet; they're buying a Kindle, right? You know, yeah, and actually. Yeah, go keep going. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. I, I just I was gonna say, you know, they're they're buying access to the Amazon product network that you get with a Kindle. You know, like they are the people that like maybe you're gonna watch a few more movies than read books. You know, so so they're they're buying these these Kindle fires and they might want to browse the web a little and they're like, well, that would be kind of handy and it kind of does a couple of those things. But they're not really tablet buyers. They're ebook buyers that want a little closer to the tablet. You know, right. And, and and Android is perfect for that. But when Android tries to go out and become the, the full-on tablet, uh, you know, give me ability to do a wide range of things, you know, that I want to do with a, with a full-on tablet, it could do that really well, but, but it doesn't because, you know, nobody really, there's no singular development. Right. Well, actually, I, what I've heard is that this is actually a very easily rootable device, too. So you <laughs> can actually put your own unsupported apps on it. And 
I don't know. They've got the form factor down. They've got the um, the software continues to improve a little bit. The first the first uh, iteration of it was a little buggy, but I think that that's getting better. And I don't know. It's just Kindle Fire has more brand recognition than random seven inch Android two point three tablet. You know, I I honestly don't. I agree, but I don't think it's brand. I I think that what it is is that the people that buy it. Like, if you say, I'm going to buy a tablet, why do you do that? Well, you have something right. you want to do with it, right? Like, uh, or, or you just want to play, right? You think it's going to replace your laptop or something, which if you if all you do is mail and, and uh, browse the web and stuff, you know, they can theoretically replace your laptop. But, you know, yep. if you're, you're thinking, oh, I'll just use it for my, my stuff like that or whatever, you know, it's it's a different decision than I think a lot of people come to the fire. Like I know that the people that I've met now, this is a horrible sample, right? But <laughs> but the people I, we were at a party. I don't know, like uh, back around Christmas time, I suppose was that is okay. that right? With fire was out by then, right? Yeah, and I so yeah, it must have been then, or it was earlier this year. And, uh, and and somebody had one. It was cool because I hadn't played with one, and they let me play with it, which was awesome. But uh, you know that person I remember told me, you know, well, you know, I was thinking about buying a Kindle. And I thought, well, it might be nice to get some of my email with it or watch a movie. So I bought a Fire. Right. You know, they bought it as a Kindle first and as a Fire as an option. You know? Right. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, and, and the fa- I, I do also like the fact that it, it, it ties so very well into all of those kind of Amazon online services. Oh, yeah. Um, which is incidentally the entirely entirely the reason why it's not available in Canada. Right, because they just don't offer those services, so it wouldn't make I, any sense. Yeah, I, I was looking, it's like, well, is this something that I could, nope, this isn't something I can even remotely get, because it's just not available here, because they don't have any of the Amazon video services or, you know, any of this stuff. They don't have any of these deals in place or services in place. Right. So out, outside the environment, it... It doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. Yeah. So they've, they've built this environment. Or, well, they built it way before they even had the fire. And then they, they have an application for it. And suddenly this becomes a very yeah. kind of like Apple-esque offer of like, if you want to live in our, commu- in our community, we're going to make things really good for you. And it turns out that a lot of people are figuring this out. And, and In many ways, and it's, even more more on- yeah, it's even more honest than, than the Apple approach because... You know, like you buy a Kindle, you have a Kindle, right? You, why did you buy the Kindle? Because you wanted access to Amazon Books. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, you never, you were under no delusions that it was going to become a tablet and you were going to somehow replace <laughs> your laptop with it. You just bought it because you're like, I want to read books, and there are a bunch of them on Amazon that I can do, and they're reasonably priced. So screw it, I'll buy this little uh, thing. I had already had a bunch of Kindle books at yeah. by that point anyway. So, so you're like, I'll just buy this little device that gives me access to this content. And you're like, sweet. You know, it's an extension of that content. Yeah, and and the and once they started doing movies and everything, they're like, you know, a color one might actually make some sense, and and then you're like, you know, we could let people get their mail a little bit on it because it's not so bad. I mean, we won't really do complex mail tasks, but it, you know, if you're a relatively average user, it'll it'll get your mail, you know, right? And and well, what the hell, you know, it works that way. But I honestly don't believe that that the buyers of the fire are buying a tablet; they're buying no, a Kindle. Right? Yeah, exactly, and. And b- between the services available and the uh, the kind of unified interface that's been pulled together on this as well, I, I would think as well, it it makes it a really strong offering. Yeah, well, you're right. It's not even the Kindle because now I'm saying the brand again. They're buying 
portable access to those services. Right. You know, which is yeah, what I'm buying at. the experience of the Kindle store, the Amazon, whatever it's called, video store. Yeah, right. They're, they're, they're buying that experience. I mean, they've even got the, the Kindle app store, right? So it's, it's this kind of this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly what, what the iPad did. Um, Although doing it with services that are, you know, have an even more broader appeal than that, so I, I, I think that this is this isn't anything surprising. It shouldn't be, but it is, and I think the reason that it is, and and this is this is the I think the most important part of of why this is in the podcast today, at least to me, uh, it it shouldn't be surprising that 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 the Kindle is so popular. It's when you compare the Kindle to Android tablets. You know, like the like the uh, uh, I don't know what is it the 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 Galaxy Two uh, whatever the Samsung ta- Galaxy Tab Two Seven Point yeah whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> ABC got a lot of brand recognition there right <laughs> MNOZ yeah you know when you compare those two things I mean if you look you know it's it's just it, it shows what Android does well and what Android sadly because they could does really badly and and. When you compare those two, you're going to buy the Kindle because if you, you know, if you're looking for a reader, I mean, the Android would make a lousy one. If you, right. you know, and the Kindle would make a great one because it plugs into all this stuff. Now, turn around and let's say you're a tablet buyer, right? And you're like comparing, you know, the Galaxy 7.0 to <laughs> to an iPad, and you're right. and well, you're you're like, well, crap, you know. I mean, as a tablet, the iPad kicks the crap out of it. You know, yeah, I had co- I had come across this actually very recently. I, I had gone into the local buy more and was kind of looking at what the options were. Yeah, and you know, you you start looking at the the first of all the wide range. It's like okay, there are no less than sixteen different Android tablets on display in the buy more, and half of them don't even run the same operating system. Half of them, more than half of them, aren't running Ice Cream Sandwich. Brand new, out of the box. They're they're behind the times, and out of the ones that aren't running Ice Cream Sandwich, a lot of them are really underpowered. I mean, you know, you you look at it and it feels like it's bogged down with software before before even having anything loaded onto it. I mean, right? And I mean, there are there. Looking at some of these, some of these are like these sub two hundred dollar tablets, and. What what I was thinking is like, man, Andro- it, why, uh, why does Android have such a wide recognition here? Like, why, uh, not recognition, wide uh, product skew here uh, between you know very mediocre hardware offerings and then getting up to like the, the the tab stuff where it's actually primo hardware and 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 good displays that kind of stuff. And then you know it's like, oh no, I'm thinking about this wrong. It, Android really can't be the brand when you have all of these, all of these machines. It's like it's like the same reason. Like, well, you know, why would they sell a sub one hundred dollar computer that's already slow? Well, you know, it's because Windows is licensed out, and you know, if a hardware manufacturer wants to make something that's substandard and try to sell it, they can do it, and yeah. it provides this really kind of like. What am I really getting when I buy an Android tablet? And the the, the answer is not simple. I mean, the, all of these, you know, on, on the iPad tag in the Buy More, right? It's like, here's the size. 
and here's the generation. Here's the price. You know what? And, and the Android starts out with like, here's the processor and here's the amount of RAM in it. And it's like, um, if it just works, why should I need to know that? Yeah. And, and well, and, you know, here's I, I think the trick here is that I would be OK even with that if one of them, at least one of them, you know, was comparable. Like if you could if if you could buy a fully tricked out and you know it could be my ignorance okay if if you're listening and you're like you know what here's the one here's the one that if I yeah. if I sent this to you and you used it for a month you could replace your iPad with it you know even and and I'm a pretty savvy guy you know I'm and I'm willing to try I you know what anybody wants to take that challenge I'll try it I'll take a whole month and I'll try like hell to use the thing you know but you know, I, but I, I don't I, think there is one. I think that there's stuff that does come close, and it's the same price, if not more, than an iPad. Which I, you know, even that would be okay. I think because you know that happens. I guess what worries me, and and th- again, this could just be my own ignorance, but I get the feeling that you know, in the Windows world, okay, in the Apple world, desktop wise, okay, in the or, yep. or laptop wise, in the Apple world, the manuf- hardware manufacturer drives. You know, because they do it all. Yeah. They're in charge. They're driving the bus. Okay. And then in the, uh, you know, in, in the Windows world, the OS drives the bus. Apple's, I mean, Windows says this is the experience that we're going to give users. And if you, they're going to want, if they're buying a Windows computer, then you better meet these damn standards because that's what they're going to expect. You cannot do it, but they're not going to buy it because it's going to suck. You know, so they're driving the bus. Somebody's driving them in the Linux world. Nobody's driving the bus because they expect you to drive the bus. Right. Which is what it's all about. And that's cool because the people who choose that a much smaller subset. Right. Want to drive the bus. Right. Yeah. And I mean, mean, there there are people that are going to send me emails saying, oh, you're just continually crapping on Android. No, I want it. I I would love to have a little Android device that I could play with just because I really want to learn more about the platform. Uh, the problem that I have is that the platform is so broad. I don't know what to get. I don't know what. And this it, is a guy who is. And I, and I spent an hour <laughs> in, in, in the buy more looking at all of these and then another couple days looking up specs online. And at the end of it, I'm still like, I, oh, I don't know. iPad. Well, and, and, you know, and that's it is that I, I think that nobody's driving the bus in in the android tablet world you know right, right now uh, android isn't driving the bus because it's just damn difficult to and i'm not blaming google because this is a weird market you know the way these things are bought and especially with phones the way they're subsidized and and the way all that works it's just a screwed up weird market and it's very difficult you know the manufacturers of the of the products aren't driving the bus you know they're not driving the bus. So and and worse yet, it's not open and and uh, and easy to combine and change the way the Linux world is. So you can't drive the bus. Nobody drives the bus, and that's exactly <laughs> what happens. Is the bus just goes random places every day, and maybe that's where you want to go, and maybe it's not. Maybe it's somewhere cool, but it's not where you yeah. wanted to go. And you know, what, what what are the Android people that I, I know? We have people that listen to this uh, the podcast that are that are up on. You know, kind of more of the how these Android releases work. Why is it that Android 2.3 is still viable as a new release? 
I almost like, I, I can I, I just like I, I don't have the answer to this. I've tried figuring it out and I'm not really sure. I, I think so, I know. I, well, I think I know. I and I think it has okay. to do with the uh, with the, the fact that we're looking at phones and tablets in the same in the same box. Right. Right. Um, even though they're not really just because Apple put them there because they could. Um, you know, seriously, I mean, they're not, I mean, phones are subsidized, uh, tablets are not. So, so you have different, a different business world behind phones than you do behind tablets. Uh, Apple just happened to be able to force those into the same box and that's great for them, but it's not for anybody else. And then beyond that, you have all of these. So you go out, say you're, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're Google and you go out and you make these deals. I'm not an expert, so I could be wrong here, but they go out and they make these deals. You make a deal with Samsung and they make this phone that uses, you know, Android, whatever. And then you release a new one, but you still, they've still got those phones. They're still going to sell them. Right. And, and then you make a deal with another company to, to optimize for this new version. Right. And then you make a deal with another company to optimize for this new version. The first one, doesn't want to retool and build a new phone to go with your 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 upgraded so that you let them continue to sell it because let's face it you need the money right yeah and i almost feel like and if anybody could do this it would be google because let's face it it's one of the few companies that that has the money to play you know i almost wish that they would do you know an apple or you know a microsoft when it came to the xbox right where they're just like we got the money this is how it's going to be we're going to stick it out and you're going to like it eventually right you know i i almost wish they, that they would just say you know what here is the latest and greatest and we're not even going to promote or deal with the old stuff it's it's old we'll support right. it because if you got one hey we want you to be able to keep using it but you know what this is what we care about and and if you're not on board with that then you know you're just not going to you know, you're not going to do it and, and, and sink the cash in and sink the time in and the, and the long-term investment, because I think that Android has every possibility of being a full-on competitor to iOS. I just think that in the current situation, the way the market works, the way everything is, is functioning, I think that most people can't figure it out. And even the people who could figure it out like us, maybe I, I don't think are willing to, because there's no reward in doing so. Well, I mean, that, that, that's my kind of biggest question mark is, is, is that exactly is like I, I consider myself to be a relatively up on tech person. And if this is confusing me, I don't want to know what this is doing to a normal consumer that has to go in yeah. and, and buy one. It, it, may, it may just be out of just, you know, well, I don't know, you know, let the let the, you know, the, the cell phone store rep choose. I mean, uh, yeah, my opinions are my own on this, but <laughs> Because I work for telecom, but uh, you know, uh, actually, this ties really in well into the, the the next story I'd come across is that right now um, Steve Wozniak is going, yeah, actually, Windows Phone is pretty good. Well, and here's the funny thing, okay? I first of all, I love Woz because Woz is, you know, has ne- he's been the kind of guy, and it doesn't always work for him in terms of ultimate success. Because not that he's not extremely successful, but probably could have made a lot more cash if he'd been willing to just get on board, right? But right. he's never been willing to get on board, and that's what makes him awesome, right? Right. He's, he's like, like <laughs> I'm, I'm going to use what I want to use, which works best for me. Screw brand recognition. <laughs> he's not even kissing my ass. He just doesn't care. He's like, yeah. Yeah, that and that's that's why Waz is a national treasure, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that said, you know, uh, I, I you're reading the article – I think he, he said it was beautiful. And I think what's interesting about about that is that he's absolutely I totally agree that that the that the Metro interface is brilliant. 
Well, and especially on some of the newer hardware, I think it's the uh, the, the the Lumia nine hundred. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. saw a review of that on uh, Twit, I believe, and it is it looks pretty. Yeah, like and- it it is like the hardware is is finally keeping up with this stuff. Their 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 regular releases are coming out now, and they're they're really tying it well into leading into Windows eight here. It's 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 really starting to be a very very strong mobile platform. They're driving the bus. They're driving the bus. I'm telling you, I mean, I hate to just cram this, you know, analogy back down all the time, but that's what they're doing. They are, they are saying this is how it's going to be. And they're providing some kind of singular thing that people can get, get, can understand and integrate into the way they think and the way they use the device. And it's working, you know, and the tough part is though, that because their market share is so damn small that, that there just aren't apps available for it. And that's might be the killer. That is getting better. They, um, I know this is kind of ironic, the fact that uh, Skype was bought by Microsoft, but they finally have Skype on on there. And And that's how you do it. (laughs) uh, I'm going to say it. Yeah. I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, the cell minutes be damned. If you got Skype on there, you're you're kind of good to go. (laughs) You know, this this platform is really starting to to catch on. I mean, I love that tile interface. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. If if, if money were no option, I would have like... um, like one of a Windows phone, an Android phone, and an iOS phone, just so that I could keep playing with the different interfaces yes. and keep up with how these are changing. Um, because but, I don't, because money is an option, I, I kind of have that, to oh, it fall sucks. back on what what is kind of most like my use case right now, which right now it's iOS. That's but. why I wish, in a lot of ways, I mean, like with Toolmonger, uh, Toolmonger is enough of a player in the in the tool news industry that that you know, it, it, we, we get review items and, oh, okay. and you know, we do, I mean, they, they, not only do we get them, but they, you know, you get emails all the time. Can I send you people just send you stuff, you know? And, yeah. and if you want anything on the market, you want to try it out, see what it's like. You just, you just pick up the phone and call and there's one on your doorstep a few days later, you know? Yeah. And, and it's awesome. I mean, I can, I can speak with lots of confidence about which drill is the best one to buy simply because I've used probably 200 of them you know uh not the case with this and it's tough it's tough with modern geek because you know we just we honestly we're not we can't buy them and uh you know and we're not a big enough player to you know to to justify that i understand that i'm not bitching you know i mean i i wouldn't ask because we're not we're not that kind of uh i know why are i like i said i work with two i've i've reviewed things for you know people you've heard of and i i I know what drives them to do that or not do that. And we're not that. So I'm not going to ask, but uh, it sucks because you're right. I would totally do that. And that would be a really nice thing uh, to be able to do. I think I am starting to believe that, that, uh, that there, that the Microsoft might be making kind of a play here in terms of, instead of trying to corner the uh, phone market or, or dump tablets out before they're ready. I kind of have this feeling uh, that the Metro interface, based on your review of it a number of podcasts back, uh, on a tablet is going to be brilliant. And, and I, I get really good feelings for that. Yeah. And yeah. with Office integration, that, that would exceed if they just, if Office integration was, was as awesome as it could be, if they made it 80% of your desktop, you know, 70% of your desktop, all of a sudden there would be a very viable reason for picking a Windows tablet over 
iOS simply because if you were primarily doing business work where you work in office documents a lot, regardless of how much prettier or how much cooler or whatever you thought about anything else, you could very well say, screw it, I'm going to buy the other one because it's, it's plenty good and it does this better. Right now, Android, you can't say that. All, the biggest argument that I hear, and this is really awful, but the biggest argument I hear is it's not iOS. You know, right. and, 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 and I agree, I want the competition too, but I'm, I'm a consumer, you know, so I'm going to buy what's best for me. Uh, I just think that, you know, I think Microsoft could be angling for a situation where in two or three years, we see a ton of Windows tablets from very, in the same way Android came out in, in that you see a lot of manufacturers with them, but they are running the latest and greatest and, yep. and they're smoking you know, Android, because they, they have a use case, an obvious use case. You know, people still believe, I think, even though it's funny that oh, in the last year or two, really, um, Apple, Apple equipment works fine in enterprise. You know, their their yep. deployment tools, just like you have for the others. Uh, there's oh, yeah. really no, but if you asked nine out of 10 people, they would tell you that that Apple is not really for enterprise use. <laughs> and and it would. <laughs> Yeah, because it wasn't for so many years. Right. And it would just be awesome. You know, if if window if Microsoft came in with Windows tablets and essentially just rolled right into that, that you want a tablet for enterprise use, it's it's a Windows tablet because yeah, it would because it would get enough of them out there that even if that's BS to some extent, it would get enough of them out there with people building apps for them that people start building more apps for them. And all of a sudden it's an option for for non enterprise users. That's the the hurdle, right? You, you know what really scares me, though, about... I mean, that would be a great idea, but you know what really just worries me to death about that? this is that, I mean, again, I really need to state that my opinions are my own. I am not speaking on behalf of the company I work for at all. But, I mean, the big companies are scared of of these updates. I mean, there are a lot a lot of big a lot of big business right now is still rolling out new machines with Windows XP on them. Yeah. Because they just Windows XP, you know, Office 2007 and that's their platform. That platform will have security updates for the next 5 years, so there's no reason to even consider Windows 8. And if the other thing is, is if you don't update the back infrastructure of your of your server systems, it's very hard to bring Windows a new version of Windows into the corporate market because you have to have the latest Exchange, you have to have the latest Windows Server and Active Directory setups, you have to have the latest uh, whatever SMS is called now, the Systems Management Software. They, it all has to be up to date before you can bring the first Windows 8 machine online. All of that has to be supported. Right. So there is a huge upfront cost to putting one single Win8 tablet on on the network in a corporate environment. And I really hope that unlike Windows Vista and Windows 7 that a lot of companies you know, it give it a fair fair shake. If there's because- anybody who could do it though, it's Microsoft. You know what I remember? I remember as a developer when .net came out. Yeah. And .net was awful. I know there are people well, right which now. Which version? There's four concurrent versions right now. Well, you know, I the 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 concept. 
you know right okay yeah and i i remember the the whole the whole you know intermediate code concept of you're you're going to write something that's going to be compiled and we're going to let you write in the different languages and 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 for different platforms and you only learn a couple of languages neat idea uh in a lot of cases just pure nightmare you know like it was faster to develop with with more straight up tools you know and, right. and i know a lot of people are going to get mad at me you know because they disagree but that's my point is that they literally rammed it down everybody's throats. They came out and said .net is it. We're going to we're going to cease supporting any other damn thing in any way and you're going to do this. And <laughs> and they did. And now it's just it's it's difficult to pull people off of it even though they're on their way off of it now. If right. anybody can do this, Microsoft can. Right. The, the the other side of that coin is that the the one product that they really have had a problem shoving down people's throat is windows itself i mean the fact that windows xp has been extended so very far past its initial end of life cycle i mean it, they, they are finally kicking it off the end of the the, the the uh the end of the development cycle like right now you can only get security updates for it there are no more um, enhancements or uh, feature modifications. It's only security updates at this point for XP. Well, but it's still if people are dragging their heels on 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 this, and it's because you know you get locked into IE six and Windows XP. <laughs> this is, and I think, uh, I I really want I, I I just so very like gutturally want XP to die. This is uh, this rolls really well into the next item on here, which is about Firefox twelve, Firefox ninety seven, <laughs> yes, Firefox two hundred and thirty five, uh, which which now introduces a, a background updater just like Chrome, and it's funny because of course a lot of people are really upset about this because one of the tricks is that when you know because so much uh, so much business software has been developed for the web not because they ever intended it to be even necessarily used on the open web just because building uh, a web app uh, when you're looking at building a business application let's face it i mean i've developed business applications for 15 years and and they only do certain things i know it sounds crazy because they're very complex and they can be very custom but when it comes down to it you have certain kinds of data in a business and you move it around in certain ways right so there are only so many ways to do it. You can, you know, when you're, I know one of the reasons that even in like 2000 that people are moving to web apps for these were that the deployment is just a whole lot easier. You know, yeah. like, uh, like for example, the fitness club I go to, all their stuff is web-based. I can tell because every time my trainer enters his stuff in there, it's web-based, right? Yep. And and you you can see why they do that because you've got, you know, I don't know, hundreds of, of clubs, fitness clubs all around the country, right? Do you really want to manage a desktop application for all those people? You know, do you want to write installers and worry about how you're going to upgrade from one to the other? Or what if one missed an upgrade, you know? Yeah, the network infrastructure that goes behind maintaining a back end of, of that thing. Instead, just yeah. ma- do they have an internet connection? Okay, we're good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Log in username and password, please, and done. you're done. Yeah. yeah. And then the funny thing is, though, that a lot of those, because of the way they were built, they used, uh, they wanted advanced Ajax stuff before Ajax existed. And, and and I actually have a, a client that I still work with on this, even though I don't do all web stuff anymore. Uh, I still work with some of the people that I've worked with for, you know, 10 years or more. And they call you and ask you help, you know. Yep. And I, I wrote some stuff eight years ago that was Ajaxy when they didn't have a name for it, you know. 
what, what even language is that? ActiveX, probably, right? No, actually, I, I was doing it. I was doing it with H- XML HTTP requests. Oh, okay, okay. Back okay, when yeah. they were just integrated into IE six. Uh, <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, your brain is already going click, 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 you know? Yeah, they changed all those <laughs> in the part standards. Of the <laughs> These are, and, and I actually, that was one of the things that I did was I started replacing it with, with you know, standards compliant stuff. And then more recently started replacing it with libraries, you know, because I'm like, hey, people are just doing this. Let's get in a library that's updated. So if I get hit by a bus, you know, you know, somebody else can handle this for you. You yeah. can just do updates and it'll work and that sort of thing. But I was going to say, you know, of course, this is the problem. In business, people have written apps that depend on tricks with browsers. And if the browser auto-updates and that trick doesn't work anymore, it could break their infrastructure. And that scares the crap out of them. And the answer to that, of course, is to build for standards, not browsers. You know, which we've learned in the last three or five years, you know, people have learned you just don't do that, you know? Well, yeah, that, that, that's a huge shift from like, well, let's get something custom that works exactly for us to let's find the libraries that will allow us to do 90% of what we need to do and make it make the software work for us. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, we went from, like I said, we went from, uh, you know, from IE tricks and, and Mozilla tricks and so on to, uh, to cross compatibility, which is shoot yourself in the head to uh, let's let's work to standards and then eventually to libraries where you're like, look, like you want to do Ajax, come on, don't dick around. Go get one of the standard libraries that's regularly updated, yep. you know, and then source it from there. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is modular. What you're doing is, is you're plugging into a library that, whose interface will, will will remain the same. Which is then working, you know, working with the actual requests and doing it in a way that will remain the same. So as time right. goes on, you know, when they when when the standards shift a little bit, they'll update that library and you're good, you know. Yeah. And and there are advantages to that. Now that people do that, and, and I think I and I could be crazy here, but I think that's really the push behind HTML5 was not as much because ooh, it'll be a different way of doing video. It's like oh, come on. The idea was that let's get this crap standardized so that we don't care about an auto-updating browser yeah, anymore. That, that, that's really what it comes to. Yeah, well, with the HTML5 and video and stuff, it's like, you know, is there any real reason why we need to run an external piece of software to display a video in line in a page? Or more importantly, is there any reason that the back end should actually have to be, you know, aware of that? Should your app right. have to worry about how you're going to display that video? It should be like, I want you to display this. It's standards compliant. Have a nice day. You know, what's really funny. I remember when the iPhone first came out and they're like, no flash. And everyone's like, oh, my God, 90% of the Internet's not going to work with this. And now I can, I can browse the web on the iPhone. And if there's a video, there's usually just that little quick time play button over top of it. And I just go click and it's, and it's going. Well, and that's, you know, I have to admit, I you know, and then there were the flesh is dead people, and you're like, okay, guys, you're missing the point. <laughs> no, no, you're, yeah, stop generalizing in either direction here, you know. It's, you both there is are a clearly missing flat. the point. Yeah, and, and you know, like e-learning, flash is huge, because if you want to, if animation, you know, if you want to create animation, flash is it for you. If you want to, you know, if you want to, you know, interact in a way effectively with the, uh, on a, you know, with what's going on, Flash can still be a great tool for that, you know? Flash as a video plugin 
is obsolete. I'll give it that one. I mean, that's... I think that's it. It's Flash for the web. If you're going to build your website around Flash, that Flash for the web is dead. That is a bad idea. Don't do that. Uh, In fact, it's funny. Especially when there's just so many options available. Had a funny example that Audrey wanted to go to this coffee shop and it was late at night and we go to hit the website to find out if it's open. Flash. You're like, really? (laughs) Really? You know it's 2012, right? But but yeah. yeah. my, my brother was coding a website a few years back, and and it, it you know the the guy he was doing it for wanted a kind of a drop down bar, and my brother has long been pretty fluent in, in coding Flash, and and he just makes a Flash drop down bar, and I'm like, no, dude, go back, do it properly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but so, yeah, with with that that well, that, I I think that's going back to Firefox here. I think maybe. Because web developers are a little more, you know, like, oh, Firefox 12 will auto-update? Well, then how am I supposed to check my sites for compatibility? Uh, you know, I think these browsers have stabilized out quite a lot more than, you know, yeah. back the differences between Firefox or the standards have. or IE6. Well, yeah, exactly. Is if they're coding to standards, build your website to standards and... You'd be fine. In an ideal world, these would all render the same way. I know, I know they don't. I mean, we have a couple little hiccups on our site, even with Opera. But it's like, eh, what's Opera? <laughs> there, there's not that much um, user base on that. But I mean, I think the fact that this is updating, and you're going to have more. And, and by the way, this update, this auto updater is for Windows only right now. It's not on the Mac yet or Linux, but. What's good about this is that Firefox users are now going to benefit from automatic security updates in the same way that Chrome users have been from day one. And I'd say that that is, is ultimately a, like, you know, it's less, less evil than maybe a little bit of a rendering change between versions uh, catching some web developers by surprise. I agree. I agree. No, no, no comment. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for those who are wondering if they've just updated, uh, if you go into the advanced tab of your uh, options in Firefox, Firefox updates, there's a a bullet point that's all automatically highlighted, automatically installed updates recommended for improved security. You know, it'll give you a little warning if one of your add-ons are going to get disabled or something like that, but it will automatically update, kind of like how Chrome is doing now. So I very, if you're on Windows and you're running Firefox, I very highly recommend that, that, that you check to make sure that that's on because it is a very, very good thing. Well, we had one last item, um, which I think is really important because it's been getting a whole lot of news. Yeah, this actually ties in a little bit in terms of updates. Um, A a while back, um, there was a little bit of a kind of a brouhaha about Java on OS X. Right. And and Apple going, well, you know, we're not really officially supporting it in OS X anymore. And it's, it's always fallen to Apple to provide the support for um, Java in, in the Mac OS. And, that that's not necessarily that f- far fetched. I mean, uh, Oracle 
supports it on Windows, but that's because it's the largest platform. Sure. Uh, Mac is always, you know, if you do software updates, you always get the little, you know, Java updates every so often. Um, and they're some maintaining it themselves. Um, uh, Oracle actually announced that they're going to uh, take up the reins for Java in uh, OS 10 now, though, uh, and, and start uh, supporting it officially. Um, Which is interesting. Thing, uh, Go well, ahead. I'd say that there's two sides to this. What one is that it's interesting because of the fact that it's it's now I guess a higher profile platform, and that maybe Oracle doesn't like these embarrassments that keep happening when you know Apple's a little bit behind on Java updates and some of these uh, some of these exploits get taken exactly. Advantage of. That's what I was going to say. Um. I guess the, the the one downside to this is that um, Java is now going to be outside the normal software update cycle. Which on. means it'll be just as much a pain in the ass as it is in Windows. Right, exactly. I mean, I, I realized the other day when I went to update my Java that I really didn't know on, on Windows. I really didn't know how to do it. I, I, you know, the little Java updater popped up in the corner and I clicked, okay, yeah, do it. And it said, ah, install failed. All right, fine. Crap. So I went and I went and looked in control panel, and I realized I actually have two different versions of Java available or in, installed. Um, and the reason being is that one was a 32-bit version, and the other was a 64-bit version. Apparently, they were separate. Um, so when I did an update, I then had to go, you know, download and update two versions of it. Um, I don't know why, but. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I, I was looking at this, and I was like, okay, i got to click on this to get the 32-bit version. I have to click on this to get the 64-bit version. I realized, wow, this is, this is pretty difficult, and I, I don't know anybody that would be auto-updating their Java, um, especially if, if you know, every, every Java auto-updater I've come across seems to be broken on, on multiple machines I've had. So. I thought really hard about uninstalling just because I'm like, damn, you know. But I have one app that I really need to run with it. Yep. And I'm like, son of a bitch, you know. It's the only reason why I, I have the, <laughs> you know, to be honest, it's Minecraft that I have. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, okay, well, actually, I should probably uninstall the 32-bit version because it uses a 64-bit one. But um, I'm, I was reading an article, I think, on CNET. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Java's relatively, the new uh, Java for OS X is relatively easy to install. You know, you just drag this package into this folder and then go into your Java, <laughs> your Java, what was it called? Java Preferences app, which I had never launched. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, you know, okay, and then you just enable the the, the Oracle one and disable the Apple one, and um, really, um, yeah, that sounds easy. This this isn't good. I, what I would hope is that when they really start like really rolling this out after Apple stops, you know, maybe, maybe if if they could possibly get it into the same kind of update framework, that would be really good. And I mean, that's something I've been hoping for for years is that. You know, you know, let, let let some of these more important plugins and stuff. Let Apple please let yes your your third parties update through that same software update dialogue. And not to and I, not to not to launch a big bitch right at the end of when we got to wrap up anyway. But you know what? <laughs> it's because of the damn patent crap around this that this even happened. 
I know. Just because- license. Somebody make a... You know what? Oracle, get off your damn high horse. License this reasonably to Windows, you know, to Microsoft and Apple, and we can get back to a world where we can use Java, and it's not a pain in the ass. Right. There are very good uses for Java. Um, You're going to kill it. it's always out of date on every machine makes it a very dangerous minefield and actually that's what i'm kind of hoping with mountain lion when they're integrating the app store updates and the software updates Ooh, into yeah. one service that is why i was excited about that because maybe java will be a, a, an app store app well if it can get updates through that api that'd be cool why not that'd right be awesome like have it as a pre-installed app for for mountain lion as part of the app store and it just automatically gets updates i mean that would be brilliant yes, that, that's the way to do it you know come so. on guys figure it out stop arguing <laughs> where's your departments of common sense let's get this crap going <laughs> we shut that down it didn't make any money <laughs> it we, kept costing us money when people were telling us that we were doing things wrong like so that accounts payable joke that, yeah <laughs> sadly we have to wrap up it sucks i have to be somewhere uh wine yeah wine. but you know you're it, it's getting to be the end of the end yeah. of the season for <laughs> for certain things right so it's you got anything uh, I, uh to add here at the end no i i i just uh i know i say this every week but i i really do appreciate the uh the emails that we've been getting in for modern geek i've noticed an upswing uh as of late Ooh, with sweet various different people sending in uh sending in different stories uh may have to do a mail show at some point yeah Oh yeah. Well, uh, even just with uh, not not even just feedback with people going, "Hey, this would be a great modern geek story," and Ooh. it's making my job a little easier. <laughs> and I'm starting to see a, co- a kind of cool wide variety of different news that I might not have come across. So uh, thank you everybody, and uh, keep it up because uh, I'm getting some really good ideas for some stuff that we can get into here during the summer. Awesome. Well, we will see you next week. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum, galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.